Well, I cannot believe that it's taken me 10 episodes in season two to get Allie on this show. Allie was a regular guest in the first season of Here's the Deal, and I was so excited to have her back in season two. Today, what we're talking about is a disease called Hashimoto's. And if you're not familiar with Hashimoto's, it is um, an autoimmune disease. It is a condition which your immune system attacks your thyroid. So the thyroid gland is a part of your endocrine system, which produces hormones that coordinate so many of your body's functions. So if you're having issues with your thyroid, chances are you're going to be having all kinds of issues. Now, specific to Hashimoto's, this includes constipation, poor digestion, you're always cold, you're gaining weight, or you're experiencing stubborn weight loss. You've got thinning hair, joint pain, you're always tired and fatigued, and perhaps you have heavy or irregular periods. So listening to those symptoms, you can see this is not a comfortable thing. So I wanted to have Allie on because when I started nutrition coaching about five years ago, first off, I don't think I was aware of what Hashimoto's was. Second off, I know for sure I wasn't working with anyone who had Hashimoto's or they at least didn't know they had it. But now every time I run around of Lyft to get lean, I'm seriously dealing with a handful of people who are working with this disease and they're trying to reach their, you know, health goals, fat loss goals. And I wanted to know, okay, how can I serve these people better? Is now a good time for them to be focusing on fat loss? What do I need to know about this just so I can help these people to the best of my abilities? So in this episode, Ali talks about what is Hashimoto's, what is it caused by, and it's, it's, it's not your fault at all. Oftentimes it's hereditary. So it's not your fault and you can work with it. One of my biggest questions was, okay, so can we heal from this? Can we recover from this? And Allie was very encouraging when it comes to this. Of course, it's going to take some time. It's going to take continuous effort. It's going to take you addressing your gut health. That is the number one thing. I don't want to spoil anything, but gut health is extremely important when it comes to this and all aspects of our health. And then also getting control of different lifestyle factors. And you guys, that's me just saying managing our stress. Stress is making everything worse. It is increasing the inflammation in our bodies. And when our gut is a mess and we're stressed to the max, um, it's hard to heal from anything. It's hard to lose weight. It's hard to feel anything more than just fine. So sit back, relax, walk, do what you need to do as you listen to this episode. Extremely eye-opening. And if you're experiencing any of these symptoms that I mentioned, it's worth it to work with a practitioner who will test you for this. Ali mentioned that most practitioners are not looking for Hashimoto's. So you might need to look for someone who's more focused with holistic healthcare. And that would be my friend, Allie. That would be my friend, Dr. Jen Horton. Um, so just know that we've got resources for you. Reach out to Allie, find her on Instagram. I've got links to all of her sites in the show notes, Instagram, Facebook, and of course her website. You guys enjoy this podcast. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Oh my gosh, you guys. So we've had a handful of episodes for season two, and I am so excited to have Allie back because Allie and I did like three episodes last year, and they're always so informative. I'm hoping that you're following Allie Dameron as well on Instagram and on her own podcast, The Allie Dameron Show. What we're talking about today is Hashimoto's. And the reason I wanted to talk about Hashimoto's is because when I started running my groups, I didn't know what Hashimoto's was. And slowly and surely within the groups, I'll have one person, two people. Now I literally have about five people, you know, out of a hundred who are dealing with Hashimoto's. And I want to know why, why am I now seeing this? Has it always been a thing? What do we need to be looking out for? What is Hashimoto's? How can we prevent it? And so calling in the expert on all things, hormone, stress, lifestyle related, Allie. So since I already know you, Allie, we'll skip the intros. What can you tell us about Hashimoto's? What is it? Okay. So Hashimoto's is the autoimmune form of hypothyroidism. Uh So, you know, lots and lots of women have hypothyroidism and they have a diagnosis. Maybe they have like a, um, you know, high level of TSH in their blood. Usually that's what a conventional doctor will run. Maybe they might do a T3, T4 type of thing on the blood work and, you probably know lots of people that take like Synthroid or Levothyroxine or Armour Thyroid, Nature Thyroid. There's all kinds of different um, thyroid medications. And the thing is about it that's really interesting is actually, um, you know, I've read up to 90 to 95 to 96 even percent of hypothyroidism is actually Hashimoto's. Really? Yes. It is definitely the most common form of hypothyroidism is to have Hashimoto's. And um, I think there's a big genetic component to it. So if I have patients who, you know, are like, yeah, my mom has thyroid issues or my sister, my aunts, it's a family thing. I'm like, oh, we definitely have to do antibody testing. And I like to do antibody testing regardless if I'm looking at the thyroid, just to make sure, because there's also research that shows that the antibodies can actually show up elevated, even like 10 years before the thyroid's actually affected. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so really in essence, Hashimoto's is just autoimmunity. So the immune system attacking the thyroid itself, and that can take time to have these antibodies, you know, go up to a level that really does impact the thyroid negatively. Like you, usually speaking, it starts slow. So your antibodies, you know, every blood test is a little bit different in the sensitivity, but around 30, again, it's really varying on the test, but around 30 say is like normal um, or under is -hmm. like negative for Hashimoto's. So, you know, you start like 40 and then maybe like 60. And then, you know, I've seen people up to a couple thousand. Yeah. With like very active Hashimoto's and it's impacting their thyroid function, which is why they figure it out. So let's back up a step then and talk about hypothyroidism. So because I remember Greek roots, I remember what hypo means. So hypo is slow, right? Yep. Um, What 
how do I, what would be a clue that I have hypothyroidism? Yeah. So obviously the coined stubborn weight loss, sluggish weight loss, that's obviously one of them. And I think, you know, a lot of people are like, I can't lose weight. Like it's probably my thyroid, mm-hmm. um, you know, it can be that, but also there's other things. So you're cold all the time. Um, especially cold hands and feet, your skin is dry. Your hair is dry. Your nails are brittle. Um, you're constipated. You're not moving your bowels quite as much. Mm-hmm. You might be a little bit more fatigued or even like depressed, just mm-hmm. kind of low, like lethargy. Mm-hmm. Um, those periods can be heavy. Your periods can start to get really heavy. Um, those are kind of like the big signs of so hair loss is another one. You can start to lose your hair. Um, those are kind of the big ones. And I'm like, yeah, you know, if someone's like, you know, I just can't lose weight, you know, let, is it my thyroid? I ask the, those kind of questions and mm-hmm. say like, yeah, you have a lot of like thyroid type symptoms. Let's definitely look. And sometimes it's thyroid. Sometimes it's not with those types of symptoms. And it's more adrenal cortisol, which, mm-hmm. you know, due to the fact that our body works holistically and as one, um, you know, cortisol levels, adrenal gland function, stress can definitely negatively impact that thyroid too. There's a big um, correlation there. This sounds miserable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't want any of these things going on. Yeah, you just, you just feel sluggish. Like everything is just a little sluggish, a little bit less vibrant, I think. Uh-huh. Um, there's definitely ranges of it. Yeah. Um, you know, TSH being like, slightly hypo, um, functional medicines range of thyroid is a little bit different than like conventional medicine towards Mm -hmm. optimal. Um, and so, you know, there's different periods of life, like postpartum, um, Mm -hmm. is a time that the thyroid is impacted a lot. I, um, always say, you know, around four-ish months postpartum, a lot of women tend to get a little hypothyroidism. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, think about the symptoms feeling around that time, you feel a little Mm -hmm. sluggish, tired, constipated. And again, it could be stress. It could be lack of sleep, but it also could be your thyroid's not functioning great. So with this, Mm -hmm. is this lifestyle factor related thyroid photos or hypo hypo? Um, well, kind yes and no. So like I said, about 90 to 95% of hypo is due to Hashimoto's. Uh-huh. So Hashimoto's, I mean, there's all kinds of different root causes of Hashimoto's. So autoimmunity in itself, there's a lot of research around autoimmunity and like what actually triggers that. So um, in my opinion, it's a lot of different things. It can be dormant viruses like, you know, Epstein-Barr, Lyme, those types of things sometimes. But I think the bigger one is, I mean, really in essence, it's gut health, right? So, yeah. so if you've ever heard of like leaky gut, So your small intestine is about one cell layer thick. And if it gets inflamed or irritated over the course of a lifetime or however many years, um, it can start to get what we call like little holes. That's why it's called leaky. Mm -hmm. And so your digestive system is supposed to be a closed system. Like the food that you eat all the way into your bowels is a closed system. It doesn't get into your bloodstream. It doesn't impact your immune system, any of those things. Um, 
but with leaky gut, what happens is you have little holes. And so protein molecules just little by little can leak into the bloodstream. Your immune system sees those. And there's a huge, huge cascade of reactions that happen with all the different immune cells and all these different things. And even if you have leaky gut, that doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to get autoimmune system disease, but, um, it can lead to that. So if something happens in this big cascade of immune reaction and your body thinks that maybe this protein molecule looks like another part of your body. So in, in Hashimoto's, it's like, Hey, these protein molecules look kind of like your thyroid. And so it attacks these protein molecules from your gut that are leaking out, but it also, in essence, attacks the thyroid rheumatoid arthritis, you know, your joints look like those. And so it attacks your joints and these protein molecules in, you know, various other autoimmune diseases. That's your immune system's confused on what these protein molecules look like. So in essence, you know, we want to definitely look at the gut health of things, make sure that we're sealing that gut lining, helping with inflammation, um, you know, modulating your immune system. So we don't want to boost it because it's already heightened mm-hmm. we want to modulate it and just make it work better. And there's different things that we can use for that. Um, I am a firm, firm believer that low cortisol levels actually lead to autoimmunity. Mm. Um, so when you've been under like chronic prolonged stress or a huge trauma and your cortisol plummets that can cause DHEA to get low and low DHEA in combination with low cortisol can also, it has been known to lead some, to some autoimmunity. Um, and also low vitamin D mm. is another big one that people, a lot of people with, uh, any autoimmune disease, but Hashimoto's too, um, you know, you'll get their blood test and vitamin D is usually pretty darn low. Mm-hmm. So I have two follow-up questions here if I can yep. remember them. Yep. Number one, I have been working with a couple people lately who have rheumatoid arthritis. Is, so is that an autoimmune? Yep. Okay. Oh boy. Okay. So that's an autoimmune. The other thing was the low cortisol that you were just were mentioning, mentioning with the low DHEA. Mm-hmm. That is that what people, you know, we, we you've talked about this adrenal fatigue. Is this a real thing? Is, is that what you're speaking of here? Yeah. Oh man. This is a big ball of wax. <laughs> yeah. So th- that's the thing. That's why autoimmunity is just so complex is because there's just so many factors to it. Right. So there's a lot of different reasons in a nutshell, we definitely need to treat the gut because that's leaking protein out there. So that's like an 80% of your immune system is in your gut. So let's definitely do that first. Let's make sure your vitamin D levels are good. Uh-huh. Okay. So the gut is where it's at. Did you say 80% of the immune system is in the gut? So yeah, people, we have got to take this gut health so seriously. Oh my gosh. So about gut health is like, okay. So if you've eaten like inflammatory trans fats, tons and tons of gluten, you know, processed foods, dyes, Mm -hmm. a lot of chemicals, like that stuff's obviously going to cause your microbiome. So all of those good bacteria and those types of things to be imbalanced and lead to some systemic inflammation in your gut. But also, you know, my question, if you haven't necessarily done that and you've eaten decently healthy, eating some vegetables, you're not eating like crazy standard American diet, you know, why do some people, 
you know, get autoimmune disease and other people don't despite eating the standard American diet. Right. Mm -hmm. So then we have to look into other factors here. And in my opinion, I wholeheartedly believe that cortisol plays the biggest impact in our body, that fight or flight response with adrenaline, norepinephrine and cortisol, because I think that well, I know almost every single cell in our body has a cortisol receptor on them, including them all in the gut. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, that is what starts the cascade. I think genetically we can be prone to autoimmune, but we know through the study of epigenetics that you can load the gun with your genetics, but somewhere along the line, you pull the trigger. Oh, this is, and I think that the cortisol piece of things just really is what pulls that trigger. This is so fascinating. And this is not a podcast about fat loss today and helping you lose fat and whatnot. But, you know, when you mentioned one of the first thing that you mentioned was the stubborn weight loss, which Allie and I have, we had a bone to pick with this stubborn weight loss, but when, you know, cortisol and um, insulin resistance or sensitivity are opposite, right? Yeah. So they work like in opposite. Yes. So like if cortisol's, you know, high, for example, you're under some, some, some stress, mm-hmm. your body needs to fuel itself. And so it leaches out some blood sugar from your liver muscles, fat stores, right. Uh, to help fuel itself. But then after that comes the insulin to get that out of there. So it's very common to see when you have some high cortisol to actually have some um, like hypoglycemia or some blood sugar dysregulation too. Um, and, and same thing, if your body is constantly, if you're eating in a way that's going to spike insulin all the time um, and ride that blood sugar roller coaster, that is also stressful for your body. And so then comes cortisol to the rescue. Oh my gosh. So they really work as a chicken and the egg type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it's important to point out too, healing your gut is not just taking a probiotic. <laughs> right. Like we need to get that clear. Um, I won't even recommend anyone get on a probiotic anymore. I'm like, you need to reach out to my friend, Ali. You need to do a Dutch test and then we can tell you what you need to do. I mean, is that what you recommend? Yeah. You know what? I actually too, uh, maybe like four years ago, you know, I was into like kind of the, yeah, everyone should probably take a probiotic and some vitamin D and, you know, maybe multi, maybe some fish oil, like, and those all, there's nothing wrong with any of them. They're all like pretty good. I call them like blanket kind of supplements, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think we can do better than that. I think we can tailor things to what actually, what people actually need. And there are, if you have like leaky gut, some systemic inflammation, autoimmune stuff, there's some amazing other products and herbs and, and supplements out there like amino acids. Mm -hmm. Um, and like I said, different herbs that are really, really good at sealing that gut lining, creating a more integrous lining, um, creating better cells in there, supporting the microbiome, you know, anti-inflammation, like aloe is anti-inflammation in there. There's some great products instead of just taking like your standard fish oil, not that it's bad, but you know what I mean? We can tailor it a little bit better than that, I think. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely think that that's a thing. I think probiotics are a thing. Um, but I, full heartedly believe that you can't treat any of this unless you figure out what is going on with your stress. Yeah. If your cortisol is super low, your body is just stressed mm-hmm. and it impacts every single ounce of you mm-hmm. uh, from head to toe. 
Yes. And, you know, I think Ali and I have talked about stress every single time we've gotten together, whether it's on your podcast or my podcast. And what I love, you know, this really stuck with me when you said this. It's not that we need to demonize stress because we're fully equipped to handle it. Mm -hmm. But we have to take control and acknowledge what it is that we're dealing with and do these things that people write off in terms of like a nighttime routine getting off the phones, um, journaling, the mindset piece of it. So once we get the gut stuff, so we take a look at cortisol and take a look at the gut that goes hand in hand with the stress side. Is is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so much research that shows like, you know, this is a little bit outside autoimmunity, but like IBS stuff, constipation, diarrhea, heartburn, indigestion, low stomach acid, like all of those other GI stuff in there that people, you know, are constantly, I mean, I get so many patients that have those things. And even from other practitioners, they, you know, have treated the gut and they're like, yeah, it's better, but not great. And I'm like, well, because you're, you're not, you're still stressed. Like you're, and I, again, I, I really hate that word too, because when I was dealing with all the adrenal stuff, um, when I was 25, everyone was like, God, you are just like a perfectionist and you need to stop stressing. And you don't know how to do that when you're being told that like, it just doesn't even, yeah, that's not helpful at all. Stop stressing. No, okay. It's not, it's not helpful. And so you need actual tools of like, okay, what does that mean? How do, how do you actually do this? How do you respond to your stressors mm-hmm. differently? Because it's not the stressors in your life. It's not the shitty boss. It's not the, you know, caretaking necessarily. It's not the commuting. It's not the kids. It's how you're perceiving these things that are the problem for your nervous system. And so, you know, I I do this with patients all the time, but you got to go back. You got to look back at the past when you were a kid and figure out where I call these, like these core issues, like where these things came from of like, were you feeling ostracized as a kid? Like, were you a perfectionist? Did you feel like you needed to succeed to earn love? Like, did, are you a goodest or a people pleaser? Like, where did this all come from? And you can start to see that these patterns that you've developed over your lifetime, you're still responding to them the same way you did as a kid. That's super stressful. And your brain has actually just learned through like brain science, neural pathways, learn to respond to certain core issues mm-hmm. in a certain way, which is a fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. So it's deep sometimes. I mean, you got to do the work sometimes. If you feel a lot of anxiety, you know that you're just prone to stress. Like I, that's myself. I'm describing myself right now. Mm-hmm. And I knew that. Um, and, you know, just doing the simple, like stress relieving things that we see on Instagram just wasn't cutting it. Yeah you know, it just drinking chamomile tea, taking herbs. Like I did all that stuff for a long, long time. And I was like, this shouldn't working. And I don't feel indifferent. <laughs> and it was like, I had to go to the source and figure out like, okay, this situation was super triggering to me. Why? Mm-hmm. Why was it triggering? And then like, you know, work, you are a big fan of therapy, like working with a therapist and getting to the root of this stuff. And like you said, you know, setting boundaries with people, having a nighttime routine, filling yourself up, saying no to people. Like those things are, are the self-care that we don't talk about. We talk about the pedicures and the facials and the baths and, you know, taking alone time and the walks and, and all that stuff's great. Right. It's fantastic. But we're not talking about like actually, you know, listening to our gut, like literally listening to your gut about your life. If something feels shitty, like don't go do it a bunch of times because 
you're going to put your nervous system on edge. And that's what leads to all this stuff. And that, I think that's the hardest part. We just can't get out of that pattern. I don't think you can do it alone. I am interested to read um, that book, How to Do the Work. Have you seen that by Nicole, the holistic therapist or the holistic I, psychologist? I love her. I have not read it yet, but I, yeah, exactly. I haven't read it yet either. But the only reason I bring it up is because, you know, if you're not going to go to therapy, okay, how can you do this work? Because I yeah. do understand also that unfortunately- Therapy is kind of a luxury. Yeah, it is. Price of it, which is totally messed up, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's it's, a book so- that's called Unlearn Your Anxiety and Depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one that's called Unlearn Your Chronic Pain too. And, you know, even if you don't struggle with any of those things, anxiety, mm-hmm. depression, or pain, this book just, it really does teach you like these core issues. Like it teaches you to go back in like different situations in your life that really stand out as like when you felt really hurt or shame or guilt or resentment or anger, you know, mm-hmm. to kind of go back to those and like actually, you know, it teaches you step-by-step in this book through worksheets and stuff, how to break those situations down much like a therapist would and, um, and learn, like basically work through them and process those emotions for things that we have never processed before. Wow. This is amazing. Well, I was hoping that we would talk about stress because, um, the women that I am working with that have this, I have an insight into their life. You know, the intake form that we now fill, have them fill out is in depth because I've learned over four years, like I need to know what's going on in your life. I really do. And so it's, um, people who are around their own businesses, it's people who are taking care of aging parents on top of running their own businesses. It's the caretaking of the parents and the children. Yeah. Are Speaking of that, does this happen to men? It does. But actually I had a former old boss who had Hashimoto's too. Um, I, I'm not going to say the right statistics, but it's like way, way, way more women than men. And some of it is to, is because of cycling, like because of our hormonal shifts and swings. Um, that's a common reason for hypothyroidism too. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, again, I don't know the exact statistic on it, but it's for sure way, way more women. I, like I said, I know hundreds of women who have Hashimoto's. I think I've met one man. Right. So, okay. We're, we're addressing this by looking at our gut health. We're addressing this by changing old patterns, et cetera. Can I heal from Hashimoto's? Can I recover? You can. So the thyroid regenerates and you can reverse your antibodies. So I have seen so, so, so many women who work on their antibodies for a long time. Like I have a patient who, you know, had had Hashimoto's and worked on her antibodies for a really long time. And she got her breast implants out actually. Oh, the antibodies went down significantly. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that was something. So we have to look at toxins and different things like that. Things that your immune system could be reacting to. Um, but yeah, the other thing that's huge is gluten. Oh, I'm not a big, you know, me, I'm a very moderate person. I don't yes. believe in like really restrictive dieting or cutting out foods or things like that. But I will say with Hashimoto's, I think cutting out gluten is unfortunately a very good idea. What about dairy? I think it depends. So with Hashimoto's, I mean, there's always a food sensitivity test that you can do. I question the efficacy sometimes on a lot of them. Right. Um, 
I think a better way to kind of do it so that you're not cutting out 40 different foods is to cut out gluten, check your antibodies three months later, probably fully see what they do. If they've gone down a lot, great. If you're happy with that, great. Um, if they, you know, have trickled down, but you're still consuming a lot of dairy, like try that, try to get rid of dairy then and see if that brings it down more. And you can kind of just eliminate and test Mm -hmm. just those antibodies. And I think that's, I mean, that's definitely like the most surefire way to do it. Um, I know it takes a little bit of patience and a little bit of time to get there. And the other thing about it. So I've had patients that are just like hell bent on getting their antibodies back to like remission basically. Mm -hmm. So like negative, um, and it's possible you can, I mean, dig and dig and dig to find all of this gut health stuff. You can do like what's called the GI map test hmm. that shows, you know, pathogenic bacteria that shows, um, you know, your good bacteria shows microbes, shows leaky gut, which we look at zonulin, which is, is the one that we look at for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can go to town with, you know, all of these different tests and all of this stuff, mold toxicity, and, you know, treat and probably get your antibodies close to zero. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, with Hashimoto's, if we can contain them around a couple hundred, a hundred to 200, um, for life, you're, you're probably not going to have a ton of thyroid damage. Awesome. Yeah. It's probably going to be minimal over the course of decades. Like, um, you know, you always want to, if you have Hashimoto's, you definitely want to keep an eye on somebody palpating your thyroid, potentially even getting ultrasounds to make sure you're not get, getting nodules because mm-hmm. it can lead to, you know, some scarier things like thyroid cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's what it's doing. It's, you know, destroying your thyroid gland which oh. is up here in your neck. Yeah. Um, so we typically think of like, you know, TSH, T3, T4, like our thyroid function, mm-hmm. but if you have high antibodies for a long time, it's actually destroying that gland in your neck. Um, and so, you know, you can get nodules and have to get potential, you know, thyroidectomies, those types of things too. So it it isn't anything to screw around with. You want to, if your antibodies are up in the several hundreds to thousands, definitely want to figure that out. And I think the reason that you have not heard of Hashimoto's is because most practitioners actually don't test for antibodies. Oh, interesting. They don't, they just test most of the time for TSH, sometimes T3, T4. Rarely do I find a practitioner that just like a doctor who just off the cusp will run the TPO. So that was going to be my next question. Just to clarify, when you say practitioner, you're speaking of a physician. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So So they don't diagnose it because they, in Western medicine, rarely do they actually care if it's hypo or Hashimoto's mm-hmm. they care about the thyroid function. And there is research that shows if you keep your thyroid a little bit more hyper, so that TSH a little bit down, a lot of uh, doctors will want to do that with Hashimoto's. You tend to get a little bit less damage. Okay. So they'll just medicate it with like Synthroid or Levothyroxine or something like that. Keep it just a hair hyper, hyper. Mm-hmm. Um, so where, you know, you're not noticing a lot of symptoms, you probably feel good for most people. And, and just do that. Is that, but that's not addressing the issue, right? No. So in my world, you want to get those antibodies down. (laughs) Like you want to treat the thyroid function, obviously, because that's how you feel. But yeah, I mean, I'm not a big fan of like leaving them at a couple hundred to a couple thousand and just not knowing and not just kind of like 
closing the door on it. I definitely yeah. want to, you know, use some adaptogenic herbs to help kind of bring it down. Uh, medicinal mushrooms are great. Like mm-hmm. turkey tail is a species of mushroom that's really great at bringing down those thyroid antibodies. Um, you know, using zinc, selenium, iodine sometimes, like it depends with iodine with thyroid, but, um, you know, some thyroid support stuff can be really helpful. Eliminating gluten. You definitely, in my opinion, want to know if you have Hashimoto's. Yeah. So, okay. Now here's the real, it's not the real reason, but this is what's hard for me. Mm -hmm. So they're coming to me, you know, why they're coming to me because they want to lose some weight. They want to be lean or whatever but they have Hashimoto's. So like, do you need to address the Hashimoto's first? How does weight loss work with Hashimoto's? Should I even worry about weight loss until I take care of Hashimoto's? So it depends. It depends Mm -hmm. on what their thyroid function looks like. If their thyroid function is, you know, TSH, I've seen people as high as 11 before that's really sky high. You're probably not losing a lot of weight on TSH at 11. Okay. Um, The good news for the thyroid is once you medicate it or get the right dose, or even with herbs um, and supplements like selenium, zinc, vitamin D, those types of things and support it, TSH moves pretty quick. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you can get it down. I mean, I usually have people retest within four to six weeks. Okay. So you can typically get the thyroid function, which is linked to the metabolism down in a normal amount of time, fairly short, if that's an issue. And like I said, it's not always an issue. Thyroid function is not always an issue with Hashimoto's. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of times that, you know, I've just done TPO antibodies and caught it Mm -hmm. and they didn't, they would have never known. Wow. So it depends on what their thyroid function looks like. If their thyroid function is okay, they're probably going to be able to lose some weight if they're consistent with calories, protein, all the things. So I need to now ask that on the intake form. For all 10 of you that now have Hashimoto's, how is your thyroid functioning? You do need to know that. You need to know if that TSH, T3, T4 piece of things Mm -hmm. is in in check. Um, I think... And, and, you know, honestly, like what the antibody number is, if it's a couple thousand, I mean, you, they, they probably want to work on that first. Mm-hmm. They might be able to do it simultaneously, Yeah, but yeah, they definitely would want to. And the reason I'm asking, it's not just for my own knowledge, but you know, yeah. if you go into a fat loss phase, that is a stressor on your body. And so if you're dealing with all these other stressors, I would, I'm just really torn, right? As a person with what to do. Am I going to put you in this stressor? I don't know. Yeah. I think it depends. Like I said, I think it just depends on, um, I mean, you have a good gut instinct with things, but you know, from a more objective standpoint, it depends on how much antibody they have, because that is going to be a stressor. If their immune system is freaking out, their, you know, their body's in stress. Uh, It depends on what their actual thyroid function is. Um, and it depends on, I mean, look at their life is, is yeah. overall, are they sleeping or have they been dieting forever? Mm-hmm. The, the typical things, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I always say, I always think of stress as like a reservoir, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I always kind of like ask people like all the things and I'm like, okay, so that's a stressor. That's a stressor. That's a stressor. And just kind of see like if Hashimoto's is the only thing that they have going on, 
um, and their antibodies aren't super high. Their thyroid function feels pretty good. They have good boundaries. They sleep. They don't have a ton of stress and have a lot of anxiety, those types of things. You know, they're probably okay. Okay, cool. Good enough. But yeah. if they're, you know, kind of the typical type of woman that has a lot of stress going on, running around, fasting, eating low carb, has been dieting for 10 years, like, <laughs> yeah, I would for sure get their thyroid, their body, go into a reverse, do some maintenance. Like mm-hmm. I would do all that stuff first, for sure. Yeah. It's, and you know, I just, I wanted to ask you that of course, for my own edification, but then also, so people who are listening understand how this is all interconnected. Oh yeah. It's all interconnected. Like I said, the periods related to the metabolism, to the stress mm-hmm. response, to your mental health, to neurotransmitters, to the gut health stuff, it's to inflammation systemically is all interwoven together. Which is exactly why, as you said, start with the gut. Start by healing the gut. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other question I had, nutritionally, so you mentioned some mushrooms and other supplements. Is there anything else nutritionally that they need to be looking out for or making sure they're including or avoiding? Yeah, so with I think, gluten. yeah, so gluten, you know, I would look at soy and dairy. Um, there's a lot of research says soy is not great for the thyroid either. Um, so like I said, but with that said, I think for a lot of people, it's not this all or nothing thing. Yeah. Like I think that some people can handle certain types of dairy. Cause even within dairy, right. So there's cassine, there's yeah. whey and there's lactose. It's not all the same. Right. Or, you know, lactose intolerant, but they do okay with the other stuff or you know what I mean whatever some people do fine with some aged cheese but do terrible with ice cream yes so we we tend to just blanket these things of like you got to go dairy free yeah you might not have to go all the way dairy free you might be able to handle some nice decent cheese a few times a week and feel fine with it and be fine um but maybe you can't handle ice cream every day type of thing mm-hmm. and so that's that's where I am I just I'm very reluctant from a psychological standpoint to just say like, you can never have dairy, gluten, or soy again, like live your life with that. I just don't think that's always a helpful thing. Um, and I think another stressor, like that would stress me out more than. Exactly. I'm a huge fan, you know, me of always marrying the physiological with the psychological impact. Mm -hmm. If, if somebody didn't have a brain and they came to me and said, you know, I have Hashimoto's, what do I do? Yeah. I would put them on a lot of supplements. I would support them. I would tell them to eat, you know, tons and tons of veggies, all the protein, all the healthy fats, eat perfectly clean. And they would fare a lot better, but that's just not the reality we live in. That's just not how it works. Yeah, I'm so glad that we brought this up because I'm envisioning my intake form and I'm envisioning, mm-hmm. okay, I have Hashimoto's and then, you know, what else do you need us to know? Mm-hmm. I can't have this. I can't have that. I can't have that. I can't have that. And I'm like, yeah, whoa. Like, so that just helps me understand like really what I'm dealing with and maybe That's help me navigate that. Sensitivity tests really because they come back with like, 40 foods sometimes. And I'm like, are you reacting to all of these foods? Like if you were to eat a grape, do you feel like, do you notice it? Do you have any symptoms, skin, brain fog, heartburn, GI stuff, bloating, Mm -hmm. joint pain, like anything. Most people say, no, I've never noticed that. And I'm like, okay, 
that will do like a more elimination diet. Then we know yeah. gluten, dairy, soy are usually the highest culprits. Mm-hmm. Start with one of those. See how you feel. If you don't feel better, start with two of them. Mm-hmm. I just, I just think that's a better way. No, that um, literally just came up in, in my current round. The woman, she was feeling great. Um, well, that's aside, beside the point, her food sensitivity test came back with 40 foods that she's supposed to avoid. And because you and I have talked about food sensitivity tests in the past, I'm like, okay, let's take that with a grain of salt, but come on. I mean, I just, yeah. Like what are you supposed to do with that? Again, if we didn't all have brains, like sure, eliminate all the foods. Yeah. We don't know for sure, but let's take them out. Um, But, but we just don't live in that type of society. And I just think there's always the risk benefit analysis, right. Of things and Mm -hmm. treatment fatigue is huge. And I think, you know, not to put down my own industry or anything, but like, you know, a lot of functional medicine, holistic, naturopathic acupuncturists, like want their patients to do these things that just are so unrealistic for people. Mm -hmm. And you just, you've got to meet people where they are Mm -hmm. to help them heal. You Mm -hmm. can't just, you can't just do that. Well, you know, I think that that statement applies to both of our industries. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we can't do extreme things. And part of like, that's this is why sometimes I can't put someone in a fat loss phase because first they need to heal their metabolism or their body in some way until they until they're ready for fat loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 100 percent. Yeah. So I think, I don't know. I think Hashimoto's has been around for a long time. I mean, mm-hmm. there, I have patients all the time that are like, yeah, my grandma had a bunch of thyroid issues and stuff. And it probably was just never not diagnosed. Yeah. Okay. So that's good. Um, one last question I have for you, because when I told, when I told Instagram that I was doing this podcast with you, somebody asked about the graves and I don't know how much you know about graves, Yeah. but what's the difference between graves and Hashimoto's? So Graves is basically opposite of Hashimoto's. So it, oh. it's autoimmunity for hyperthyroidism. Okay. Like, I actually knew somebody in school who had Graves. And so it was actually really amazing because I got like clinical, you know, you can read about it in a textbook all, all day, mm-hmm. um, but I got to, you know, work alongside of her and kind of work through her Graves with her for three years on a pretty fairly daily basis. And so, um, you know, Graves is a lot less common, I think, than, than Hashimoto's, although I've seen it, obviously. Yeah. Um, and it's, but the treatment's very similar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's what I, she's I saying. With Graves, I think, unfortunately, they're a lot of them with like the medicine dosing of it. They tend to fluctuate a lot between feeling hyper and hypo. Oh, like it's, it can be kind of a chore, I think, to um, regulate their medicine so that their thyroid is actually normally functioning instead yeah. of bouncing kind of the extremes. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, but yeah, I mean, treatment's very similar. Okay. Well, yeah. I tell you what's so crazy to me is I have a friend who has hypo, a hypothyroid, but she's one of the people who is a skinny person. Mm-hmm. Like I, in the past, I thought that hypo um, just meant that you had a harder time losing weight. That's not the case for my friend. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that was an option. Okay. Yeah. I think that's the other thing too. I mean, you know, I think all of us that are a little bit like want to lose fat or are having a hard time losing weight or whatever, like, oh, it's my thyroid and (laughs) it's fine. Um, So yeah, I mean, it definitely, 
is not always just like overweight people have hypothyroidism and again yes it can be a symptom but like i said i mean i gave you all the other symptoms of it too mm-hmm. you definitely have to have all of those and there's millions of women out there who are very thin that have hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's too. Well, this is fascinating. And I think every time I speak with you, it's just further confirmation that you have to take control of all this yourself, meeting with Allie, meeting with um, a more Eastern doctor. What do you, what do we call those people? Naturopaths? Yeah. So more Eastern medicine is more like Chinese medicine usually. Okay. Okay. Um, so like acupuncturists, um, naturopaths are more, they, they actually employ like, um, both. Okay. So they, they learn some Eastern medicine in school. Um, but they mostly, they, they know a ton of Western medicine. Acupuncturists do too. Um, but they usually just use like Western herbs for okay. the most part to treat. Okay. Interesting. But yeah, I mean, I can't say enough good things about working with Allie. You know, I was just thinking about this, Allie. I know I need to get my DHEA tested. I'm horrible about making appointments. Um, but I feel great. I, I, I'm not having any gut issues now. Um, I don't know, and it, but it took a long, it, you told me it's going to take a while. I did start feeling better pretty quickly, but I took my medication and my, all my supplements regularly, everybody. I also got a handle on stressors, but, um, yeah, yeah, I feel, I feel really good right now. And I think because of the work that we did, we got to the bottom of whatever was going on. Not that anything crazy was going on, No, but I couldn't have so much about stress. I think it's just like being just like everything. I think it's just like being honest with yourself. Right. It's just like, you know, giving yourself some space, like sitting down and being like, okay, I'm not very happy in my life right now. Like I'm really stressed. Like, Mm -hmm what, what can I do? Like, where is it coming from? What are some actual solutions here that we can start putting some boundaries in place or asking for help? Like, what can we actually do here to alleviate this or help minimize it at least? And, you know, I think that we have way more control and power over our life than we give ourselves credit for. I think somebody's ever just on this hamster wheel and we're like, well, everything's just happening to me and at me and yeah, I have no control, but you got to, I mean, I, tough love, but you got to take control. Yeah. That's so funny. We were actually, I've had to learn it. Yeah. We were actually talking about that in our group, um, on Friday, like there, it seems that, well, this just popped up and this just popped up and surprise and surprise. I'm like, and then my husband decided he wanted to paint the, all the walls in the kitchen. I'm like, well, why did you let him do that? Mm-hmm. I said, you tell him next time he's on his own. I'm sorry. That sucks. But, you know, even as I'm thinking about that, when it comes to gut health too, I'm embarrassed to tell you the last time I ate without like looking at a screen. I know. I know. It's just like basic things too, right? It's like me too. I mean, I tell people all the time who are bloated, like take some deep breaths before you eat, sit down, put it in a plate and a bowl, whatever. And like taste your food, like chew it Mm -hmm. actually don't multitask. And I mean, I'm horrible at that. Horrible. I'm the fastest eater on the planet. I just, but yeah, it's just like, it's just some simple mindfulness things that we've just, I don't know. I think just all the, I have like, we could probably do a whole episode on this, all the technology, just all the fast pace. Like we've just gotten so dumb. 
Oh, so dumb. And we want everything so fast. We need all the data. We can't like just hone in to like here anymore. It's just, you know, I was just thinking about that over the weekend as we now are splitting up the weekends. So we have a coach that's like on call to check in. So we don't all have to be in there. It was my weekend and I was looking forward to this weekend when it's not my weekend. And I was like, you know, when I was in college, right after college and I was working, your weekends were your weekends. Like, yeah, what's happened? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't change it for the world because we can do our businesses because of Instagram and Facebook. I'm not hating on it, but yeah. I need to set some boundaries around it. Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> yeah. I've seen more, um, influencers and entrepreneurs on Instagram, like kind of start to have the Monday through Friday thing going on. Mm-hmm. Like actually That's say like, I'm going to sign off for the weekend. See you yeah. Monday. Yeah. And it's weird. It like calls to you, mm-hmm. but I just finished this book called indistractable. Have you heard of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I but I've, I've heard of it. Yeah. So basically it's like, it's not social media's fault. It's your fault, jackass, <laughs> like, which I wholeheartedly believe. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so crazy. Oh, Allie, thank you so much. You're so smart. Oh, thank you for having me. I love talking to you anytime. I know. I love talking to you too. You guys, um, I'll put Allie's info in the show notes. Of course, you're probably already following her. If you're not, she's fantastic. The Dutch test is where it's at. You know what we say? We say test don't guess. How else are you going to know what's going on? Totally. Don't dick around with it. (laughs) All right, Allie. Well, I can't wait to talk to you again. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.